Hey everybody, this is Nathan here to tell you guys about listener support. If you like the podcast, if you like the pictures that we post on game days and after, if you like our articles, or just about anything that we create, consider supporting us. The link below is titled Listener Support or Support the Podcast. Um, go click that link. Uh, there's no minimum gift requirement. There's no maximum gift requirement. If you don't want to support us or if you are don't have the means to, we understand stand uh, we'll still keep creating that great content that you guys love but if you definitely like our contact content and want to help us out um, it would be a blessing to us so definitely go check that out all right on with the podcast Sixty-nine office. He's giving them the business. I like Pittsburgh. I always have. If if they had a bigger airport, I'd live here. <laughs> and that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Playoffs? What talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Jeremiah Miller joined with me in Studio 3A is Nathan Grella, and you're listening to the Backyard PA Football Show for the final time of this fall semester. Nathan, how's finals week going so far? It's going all right. You know, we uh, I'm about halfway there. I still have um, two finals left tomorrow, but aside from that, I'm doing pretty well. Three-fourths of the way done. I just got one more tomorrow, um, tomorrow night. Same one as you. Um, and that's your last one, right? Yep, tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah, okay, same. Uh, Calm 326, social media production. Whoop, whoop. All right. I was going to ask you this. You want to do like a um, a watch party for that Aliquippa 4A final up there when the final's done? You know, I have nothing better to do. I might as well. <laughs> it might be fun. Honestly, I might, yeah. Aliquippa, Jersey Shore, throw up PCN on the big screen and um, not Jersey watch Shore. The they just beat Jersey Shore. Oh. Oh my God. <laughs> this is going to be a rough podcast. Who do, they, who do they play? Like, McDivitt. 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 Thank yeah. you. Because when you said that, I was like, they don't play short. Anyway, this past weekend was the PI AA semifinals. And also, let me let me ask you this, Nathan, while we're still setting up, just a little question. I've seen a lot of people, they're complaining because West Virginia and Ohio and New York have all already wrapped their seasons up late. Do you think PA needs to have their state finals this past weekend? Or are you fine with. Uh, what, what, what's tomorrow, December 9th? Are you fine with a December 9th? I'm absolutely cool with it. Yeah, I'm I, fine I, Honestly, I think they might even get a better crowd if they push it back a week. Because you, then you start getting into Christmas like breaks and stuff. Like families coming yes, in for Yes, for sure. Yeah. Like, I, people are probably less willing to drive to a Saturday, especially a Thursday it's, game, like also, a Thursday afternoon game. And also, school's out on break as well. Not, I mean, most of these high schools cancel classes these days anyway or – you know, like we didn't cancel school. Like I can talk like when the girls would play Friday afternoons at the WP up at the Peterson Event Center for like basketball championships. We wouldn't cancel school, but like if you had an excuse that day, it was most likely getting approved. You know, like you didn't have to have the most out. You know, the littlest of excuses. But that was an interesting tidbit because it is true. Every every state around PA pretty much is wrap seasons up. Um, New Jersey's been done for two weeks now. Um, of course, w- West Virginia's was this past weekend at Wheeling Island Stadium, and Ohio's wrapped up as well up at um, Ten Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. But we'll talk now about 
the PIAA State Semifinals. We'll recap them in the second half. We're going to talk, obviously, we're going to preview the state championships, and we're also going to talk down and break down every team in the coverage area season, how they did, um, our remarks, kind of if they finished how we kind of thought. If not, uh, Nathan and I are going to have that talk. But, Nathan, go ahead. We'll get started with um, recapping the semis. Yeah, well, for sure. we got a stacked podcast all the way around. Definitely going to have to separate this into two different hours. But let's start off back into last Friday, and this was a game that you were at. Um, I've, I've heard a lot about this game. Yeah. The, the, what was it? The 98-yard pick six? 90, um, I had a 95. They said 98, but, you know, either way. Uh, it was definitely an impressive play. Changed the course of the game. Red Bank Valley 23, Bishop Canvin 14. Was this a score that you were at all expecting even midway through the game? Um, be, We'll go before first. Before, no. I thought Canavan, and, and it's funny because Carter Newcomb, you know he's he's a D9 guy. He's a Punxsutawney kid. He plays against he's played against Red Bank Valley. Even he said, you know, before every game we we set um, the spread and then the over under just as a little joke we do. Um, he set it at 27 and a half, Bishop Canavan, and it definitely wasn't that obviously. So yeah, heading in now, um, as the tail as the course of the game went on, you know, it was 14 nothing Canavan early. Then Red Bank Valley put a drive together to make it 14 7 and a half. And then I thought, hey, you know, we got a ball game. And then Canavan um, took the second half kickoff, was driving, you know, and I really thought, I was like, man, Canavan punches us in here. It's it's all but over. Then, I mean, I had the shot. I didn't have to move much. And then, you know, here, you know, Jason crossed back to pass. And out of nowhere, Chris Marshall, you see that uh, – white jersey number nine come across your screen man and he goes and nobody was nobody was chasing after him i mean it was an easy pick six um and that was obviously the turning point of that ball game as well um unbelievable game you know um nice crowd by both sides you know bishop canavan brought a nice size crowd red bank valley i think brought the whole town to new bethlehem um yeah, great atmosphere, and um, it was really awesome to see Red Bank Valley come away with that. Not because, you know, obviously I root for the WPIL schools, but a part of me also um, wanted to see a school that's never been there before make it. But after the game, seeing how much that meant to District 9, like District 9 hasn't had a team in the state finals since 1992. You know, so there you got 29, almost basically 30 years since a district team has been to the state finals. I mean, I can't remember the last time the WPIL didn't even have a team in the state finals. That'd be interesting to look back and see when that was. So I'm going to see them get over the hump. And it was funny, Coach um, Red Bank Valley's coach after the game, whose name's escaping me for some reason. Gold. Blaine Gold, yes, yeah. thank you. Blaine Gold. After the game, he was like, you know what? I'm not even going to say WPIL. We just beat the District 7 champions, which I thought that was funny because, you know, District, we're the only district that has a name. Everyone else is just District 9, 12, 10, blah, 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 you know. So that, I thought that was funny. Uh, but it meant a lot to those kids. It was funny. North Hills' his PA announcer was like, hey, uh, you know, all, all spectators up for the game, please, you know, stay off the playing surface. Man, as soon as that clock hit zero, Red Banks Valley, whole crowd rushed the field. It was awesome. And, like, I don't think North Hills cared that much either, like, you know think they're just supposed to say that just to cover their butts you know but awesome environment to be a part of and one i'll never forget and i'm happy and i'll be rooting for the bulldogs uh tomorrow yeah for sure i mean red bank valley historic season and uh they're not definitely also not gonna just be settlers to show up either tomorrow i mean they are 
probably going to be in that game. We'll be talking about that game coming up here soon. But yeah, congrats to Red Bank Valley. A huge accomplishment. A huge accomplishment making the state finals, especially coming into this game. I think we almost everyone agreed that Bishop Canwin was probably the most likely team out of the six classifications. Maybe Mount Lebanon could have been in that conversation, um, but they were, you know, one of the two most likely teams to make the state championship. On the Canavan side, though, how much is does this loss, is this going to affect the program long term? Obviously, they only have one contributing senior that's going to be graduating, so basically the entire team's coming back. They're probably going to be heavy favorites to win the Whitfield once again, but how does this change the outlook for the Canavan team uh, looking forward? Uh, it doesn't, you know, I mean... Uh, you know, this team will be back. They'll probably be champions next year, and they'll be back for a state championship run as well. Um, I, I don't see much of a change, you know, so um, I, I don't think that's going to affect them as much. If anything, it's just going to fuel the fire a little more uh, for the Crusaders heading into next year. You hate to see your season end that way after a great season they had. Um, but I'll be honest, just watching it, I think the Bulldogs wanted it more. I mean... Seriously, I'm not going to argue with you there. Um, at quarterback, though, you mentioned Jason Cross was the one that threw the 98-yard pick six. Cole Ozuski played almost the entire Whippeal title. And both of those guys are coming back, I believe. Uh, what are your expectations going into next season for both of those guys? Um, do you think it's just going to be another you know, classic 2QB system like we saw in the playoffs? Yeah, I think it will because they don't really lose a lot of those weapons. You know, Lizay Lax is back, um, Xavier Nelson's back. You know, so, you know, I think you just go with a hot hand like Rich Johnson did this year. And Alessi played a lot in that game, too. It was really probably 50-50. Um, they both had their mistakes, but, you know, um, Alessi's a freshman. Cross, you know, he's never been in that type of game before. You know, and I think Red Bay Valley had the advantage where, you know, this is a team that was the reigning District 9 champion. Uh, they played in the state playoffs before, and they had a couple tough games um, before that, obviously, they won on the last second the week before against Northern Bedford as well. So, um, yeah, I think they just ride the the uh, the hot hands. You know, it's not like a situation like uh, Cole Fowler and Cole Jones at Jefferson where, you know, you kind of lean towards Jones because you don't have a receiver, so put Fowler there. It's not like that because you still got Nelson and Lax back uh, next year. So you don't need – and Cross is a really good receiver, so you don't need to move him there. So really, yeah, just go with the hot hand and – um, see how the two team, two players rather uh, work in the off season and develop their games. In two A, the Syracuse Eagles take down the Farrell Steelers twenty seven to eighteen. This, this was, was the biggest upset for me. Not Red Bank Valley over Canavan. This was the biggest upset. As somebody who saw Farrell in person against Westinghouse, and I know everybody said Westinghouse is a really good team. Um, I didn't think their offense was that good. I thought Farrell was very underwhelming against that Westinghouse team, even though they ended up winning pretty comfortably. Um, Anthony Stallworth was pretty much a non-factor in that game, and in this game, it wasn't necessarily the Farrell offense that was underwhelming, but more of the Sarah Catholic defense, and that turnover streak just keeps marching on. 15 turnovers in two games. Incredible for the Sarah Catholic Eagles defense. Do you think that type of streak, that type of defensive dominance is sustainable here entering um, the 2A final against, you know, the biggest monster in the entire state, the Southern Columbia Tigers? Yeah, that's the, that's the mighty question, you know. we got This is probably the best defense that uh, Southern Columbia has gone against within the last five years. Um, 
Yeah, definitely. Since the um, 2017 or 2016 state championship against Steel Valley, uh, where they got mercy rolled of that game by the Ironmen, um, they lost a while missing. But I think Sarah Catholic's defense is better than while missing uh, this year. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be the toughest test. And uh, it's going to be a test for both teams. Is Sarah Catholic's defense so elite that they can win a, a state championship? Or is it just going to be the mighty train and Jim Roth and the Southern Columbia Tigers winning another state title? Do you think Sarah Catholic's offense showed enough in this game to where you'd feel confident they can score enough points next week? That's a, that's a tough question because a lot of their points, even back to the WPI championship, have been off defense. One, getting pick sixes, getting scoop and scores, and getting turnovers, and and marching it down. You know, close to the offense doesn't have a lot of field they have to gain. So so yeah, I um I do think that they do the offense can, but the defense is going to have to keep doing what they do and uh, keep hold opponents to under twenty points. In three A, Central Valley at home, winning thirty five twenty one over Central. Uh, for those that were following this game rather closely, I think this game was a little bit closer than people expected. I think a lot of people expected Central Valley to come up, come out out in this game at home and really roll. Um, and I think the score, a two-touchdown margin, is kind of – usually, you know, in the playoffs you see a two-touchdown margin, and sometimes it can be indicative of it. It was 35-7 in halftime, and the other team scored two touchdowns against the other team's backups. That's not necessarily the case in this game. This was a two-touchdown game probably the entire way. Does that give you some worry for Central Valley, or are you still confident that they can get the job done against Wyoming this week? Yeah, I'm still confident in Central Valley. Um, you know, they know what they need to do. They were there last year against this very team. Um, you know, Wyoming obviously is going to remember that game from last year, but um, I still have faith in Central Valley and Coach Lyons getting it done um, this Friday. No, Saturday. They play Saturday at noon. Never mind. Yes, they do. Uh, big game there as well. Uh, probably the two best games there on Saturday in 3A and 6A um, with Mount Lebo and St. Joe's there at the nightcap. In 4A, Aliquippa versus Jersey Shore, 41-16. The Quips dominate the Bulldogs. Um, what can you say about this young Aliquippa Quips team? I mean, Tikway Haynes once again getting the job done on the ground all over um, the Bulldogs, and now they enter the state championship. Yeah, how about it? You know, two great games, WPL Championship and State Semi gets his first Division One offer from Penn State um, over the weekend as well. Yeah, you know, great season. The young uh, the young Hayes at Aliquippa and that big offensive line to run behind. And let's not forget, Aliquippa was down in this game for a while, and then the second half, Aliquippa just exploded um, on offense and defense and really uh, ran away with this one. So... Yeah, interesting to see, but yeah, Aliquippa in 4A. I mean, they got a tough one against McDivitt. McDivitt's back in the finals for the first time in a while, but um, I I don't know how you pick against Aliquippa. Now the question is, Aliquippa's going to play 5A next year. Yeah, I was about to ask you that. That, This is going to play out over the next couple weeks. Months. I think it's going to go months. Really? Okay. Um, How do you think this is going to play out? Obviously, the Aliquippa is going to... Um, probably appeal to the PIAA once again like they did two years ago. Um, if it goes the same way, do you think we could see Aliquippa maybe leave the Whippeal here? No, they, I don't think they'll leave the WPIL. And uh, we did. We heard Aliquippa's come out. He's like, we're going to fight this. And they said, you know, it's just going to have to come back to common sense. And it's true. 
This is a 1A school, already playing 4A. Now, they are playing 4A because of, obviously, transfers and everything. And they are saying a problem is a lot of families are having their sons move into the school to move with move in with a family member so they have a way out with football. You know, I don't know how true that is or not, but if that's the case, yeah, you know, that's Al Quippa can't help that. I mean, I'm sure that does happen because – I know they've had a ton of players come over from Ambridge, which is just across the river, and probably do live with family members, and that does increase enrollment, obviously, and transfers, but still, like, I, I don't know. And, like, Aliquippa, you'll still probably compete, and if not win 5A, so I don't see what the big deal is. Honestly, if I'm Aliquippa, I'd be like, hey, you know what? You know what? You want us to play 5A? Whatever. We'll play 6A. They'd probably compete, and if not win. Like, let's not joke around about that. Like... Who wouldn't want to see Aliquippa versus Mount Lebanon? Um, I don't know about 6A, but oh, I, I, th- I think as, the, as time goes along and they keep winning, they went to the 4A Whipple title last year. They're going to the 4A state championship this year. If they win the state championship, I think the excuse becomes a lot less for Aliquippa, right? Where it's like, you want to? They don't want to get moved up to five A, but they literally just became the greatest team in the state in four A. Um, I I feel like the public sympathy is just going down the more they win. I don't think it will because then they'll pull up the thing like why is not Southern Columbia? And since Summer, Southern Columbia has dominated the two A environment since they came up the two A. I mean, they've made it to I think what five or six straight state titles. They've won five straight going for six like and southern columbia just stays there southern i'm Col- pretty sure southern columbia is moving up next year though but i i, I haven't heard that i they should i think they, they have enough, enough success points but really just comes down to those transfers yeah like, and i mean i think a couple years ago truthfully i mean watching all the teams that state finals when southern columbia had julian fleming and all of them 77 um, to 7. Yeah. Yeah. Beat Avonworth. I think Southern Columbia would have won 6A that year. Like, they were the best team in the state, bar none. Like, I think St. Joe's won that year. Or no. Yeah. Yeah. St. Joe's won states that year at 6A. They'd have beat St. Joe's. I mean, Southern Columbia is a 2A school that had five, five Big Ten commits. Everyone made noise about Julian Fleming. He barely got – I mean, Southern Columbia runs the football. They don't throw that much. That's the crazy thing about Julian Fleming being the number one receiver in the country, going to Iowa State. He didn't get that many targets. It just when he did, he took it for a touchdown every time. But, yeah, you know, Gavin Garcia went to Michigan. He's since transferred to Lehigh. They had a linebacker um, go to Michigan State. He was a freshman All-American this year. Their quarterback went to Wisconsin. They had another lineman go to Wisconsin. Like, um, like – this small school out on the eastern side of Pennsylvania produces five Big Ten athletes. Like, come on, man. Like, that, that team should have been bumped up after that season. With Aliquippa likely moving up into 5A now, um, where do you think they would rank in 5A this season? They would have won 5A this year. I don't know about that. They I, I would have put them at they four. Been, no, they would have won 5A. I would have put them the way that Bell Vernon dominated Penn Trafford. I know Penn Trafford's been a wrecking machine since that Bell Vernon loss, but the way that they Bell Vernon handled Penn Trafford and the way that Aliquippa handled Bell Vernon, like I don't see, I didn't see anybody. And I mean, their line, just the size of their line. Like I covered Moon this year, and Moon and. Uh, Penn Trafford's line are about the same size all around, and like they weren't that big compared to some lines I've seen at other 5A schools in the past. And Aliquippa's line, she, I mean Aliquippa's line averages is weight is bigger than most NFL teams. 
So I, I don't see any. I, I don't see anybody, at least on WPIL, winning five A if Al Equipa was a five A team this year. I don't know. I would still be hesitant. I'd put them behind Pine Richland, Penn Trafford, Moon, but I'd have them at a four probably. Um, so, uh, but that that's just out of safety. Like I see your reasoning why they could be number one just based on those trans transitive wins. Um, but I think I'd still uh, err on the side of caution. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even if they're four or the top team, I mean, that just proves that you know they they're able to compete in five A and with such a young team too. You look at that line, and they're made up a lot of a lot of juniors and sophomores, freshman quarterback, freshman starting running back. I mean. You look at them next year, they'd probably be one of the favorites in 5A, too. So um, Now, speaking of 5A, Penn Trafford versus Exeter, 49-14 at Bald Eagle Area High School. Um, this game was not close throughout the entirety of it. Um, Exeter scored a touchdown to make it 14-7, I think, and that was as close as they got. Um, <coughs> to me, Exeter just didn't take advantage of the guys they had. Their quarterback turned it over, what, five times? Um, it was just not an impressive game for the Eagles. Penn Trafford did what they always do. They, you know, gave Katie Yacomelli the ball, and they were able to score consistently. Um, and that's why the Warriors were able to come out on top. Uh, what did you see from this game, Jeremiah? And do you think just it just reinforces that Penn Trafford might be a good, you know, state title contender coming up? That and Katie Yacomelli was so under-recruited. That's what this game showed me more than anything. And I think this whole season, now obviously after committing to Wisconsin, a lot of schools weren't going to offer because, like, hey, this kid's pretty full-blown to be a Badger. He's still going to be a Badger, obviously, so I think that stopped. But um, let's get let's remember this kid after his junior year last year, he only had three offers, and they were all three from the military academies. Then went to the Wisconsin camp, got the offer there, and committed a couple weeks later. But, yeah, that's what this game showed me is Cade Giacomelli is one of the best players in the state of Pennsylvania, and I think it's either him or Devin Whitlock for WPIL Player of the Year. Well, also he in this game he was going up against a tight end Penn State commit exactly. for Exeter. I yeah. forget his name. What's his um, name? Oh, man. Joe, uh, yeah. Joe. I, yeah, I just felt like, you know, Exeter – did not take advantage of him enough. Like yeah, they, he, they scored were first, to, he scored first touchdown of the game. He did, but I it, it that that offense was just not clicking. And with a senior quarterback, you kind of expect better. But I think Penn Trafford that defense really was able to shut down the running game, um, and that forced Exeter to go into crisis mode a little bit. In six A, and this was the game on Saturday, and uh, my state college Little Lions did not play. Fabulous. 49-14 was the score at halftime. 49-28 was the final. The Blue Devils take care of the State College Little Lions. But State College, 28 points. That's the most that a team has scored on Mount Lebanon all season. So In garbage a, time. In garbage time, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if it ended 49-14, they would have tied the second most points. So not, you know. Uh, but yet, I, I think, you know, this game proved that Mount Lebanon was able to fight through a little bit of adversity. Uh, State College scored a touchdown to make it 14-7, and it looked like it might be a close game. Um, but you know, Mount Lebanon can just score from wherever on the field. It, it does. They can score whenever they want, from wherever they want, with whoever they want. Um, and it was really evident in this game. Uh, did you see any of this game, and what was your take on it? Yeah, speaking of under-recruited players, Eli Heidenreich from Mount Lebanon. This kid, how I mean, kudos to this kid going to Navy, 
and, and you know, sacrificing his life for our country. But come on, how is this kid not getting Power Five schools to offer? I mean, have you seen his stat line? Not only as a receiver, but a rusher. I mean, come on, man. Alex Texa, I think he's under recruit as well, as well as Joey Daniels. I mean, the big three, I think that they are under recruited as well. Um, but Mount Lebanon, yeah, just the Bob Palco effect. It's really taken full swing. And here, the Mount Lebanon uh, Blue Devils are in their first ever state championship game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun game coming up here on Saturday between these two juggernauts, right? Uh, but the main thing is that we haven't seen Mount Lebanon play a competitive game all year, right? Um, they're 14-0. and uh, They've beaten everybody. They've played handily. Um, does that give you a little bit of worry, just a little bit, that they haven't even been in that situation yet this year? Um, and St. Joe's obviously has you know, battled and scratched and clawed something they're not used to um, against, you know, the LaSalle's and the Roman Catholics this season. Yeah, it does worry me a little because, you know, Mount Lebanon, you know, like you said, they haven't um, been in a tough game really all this year. So, like, if they get down two touchdowns early against St. Joe's, you know, are we going to see Mount Lebanon come back or really just crowd over and let St. Joe's bully them? Uh, like we saw St. Joe's do against Central New York last year at the state championship. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really going to be a test for Mount Lebanon for sure. If if they don't come out swinging first and they take a couple shots, are they going to stay up and keep swinging or are they going to throw in the towel? I mean, the big thing for me, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and we saw this in the state college game, they have three guys that can all run pass and throw and run pass and throw well. Um, if Alex Texel lines up in the Wildcat against your team, you don't you, you still have to account for the pass, um, and that was really evident during this game. Uh, moving on here into the rest of the state, Bishop Guilfoyle gets a win over Canton, twenty to seven. The Marauders will face Red Bank Valley in the state title in one A. Southern Columbia takes care of business, fifty six to fourteen over Northern Lehigh. While missing 42-6 over Newman Goretti, they're back on track after kind of struggling uh, in the quarterfinals. Bishop McDevitt, 28-21 over Bishop Shanahan. They'll enter the state title against Aliquippa. Emotep Charter took care of business against Strathaven, 36-0. And St. Joe's in the Saturday nightcap, 49-13 over Garnet Valley. And that was a game that we both picked the Jaguars to win. Um... Do you think St. Joe's is just right back to where they once were, maybe even a little better? Yeah, I'm not gonna say even more, a little better, but yeah, they they're back they're back where they were the state championship. They've been every they have been in every single six A state championship since the PIAA went to six classes, and um, every single state championship except for one since 2013 as well. Um, yeah, back to where they once were. Let's talk about these games though. Hershey Park Stadium. Coming up tomorrow afternoon, Red Bank Valley versus Bishop Guilfoyle. And I think Red Bank Valley might be favored in this game. No, you know, they I, I no, think, they're not to me, they were, they're a very dangerous underdog. I agree, but they, you just said they're favored, and then now you just said they're an underdog. I think, well, to me, they're favored, but to everyone else, they might be a dangerous underdog. Well, that's not what you said. <laughs> Okay, uh, what's your take on this game? Who do you think is going to come out on top? <coughs> Bless you. <coughs> yeah, my takeaways for this game after I have a little <coughs> coughing fit. Um, 
Yeah, you know, Red Bank Valley has to stay true to themselves. You know, if they get down just like they did against um, North Bedford and Bishop Canavan, stay true to themselves, play great defense. Defense wins championships in high school football. Um, they just have to stay true to themselves and, and not get down when they get down. In fact, I think they play better when they get down. Uh, they just can't get down, obviously, like 35 nothing and expect to come back and win. But, um, you know, they're going to be outsized. I think they were against... Bishop Canavan, really, but you know, don't let the moment get too big. It's just a high school football game. I know it's the state championship, and I know that's easy for me to say, but don't let the moment um, take away from what's at stake. Like, don't let the moment, you know, put the blinders on. It's just another high school football game. I know you've never been there. I know the district hasn't been there in 30 plus years, but. You know, put the blinders on and just play football. For me, Bishop Guilfoyle has not been a team that has blown out teams this season. Um, especially in the playoffs, you know, they struggled to beat Juniata Valley in the District 6 Championship. Um, they only won 20-7 to against Canton. This is not a dominant football team to me. And I don't think their weapons are as good as um, teams might think. And we, you look at the team Red Bank Valley just beat, Bishop Canavan. Bishop Canavan had probably the most electric offense in the entire Whippeal, right? With you know great athletes and Lise Lax and Jason Cross and all and Xavier Nelson and all those guys. So if they're able to shut down Bishop Canavan for four quarters, um, I have full confidence that Red Bank Valley is going to be able to do it this week as well. Um, let's pick this game. I got the Bulldogs winning uh, the state title for District Nine. Yeah, District Nine finally gets their state championship. I got the Red Bank Valley Bulldogs winning by one, 21 to 20. All right. Um, in 4A, heading tomorrow night, Aliquippa versus Bishop McDevitt. Um, talk about two big powerhouses, right? Um, obviously, Aliquippa is a smaller team, but I think the athletes they have are just as good as Bishop McDevitt. Um, Bishop McDevitt is a team that I am not as more, not as well read on probably as you, so uh, give me your take on the Crusaders here coming up tomorrow night. Yeah, you know, this is a historic program. One you just mentioned has been a power in the state for a long time. You know, they've produced guys like uh, LaShawn McCoy, who, you know, this is a whole, I can hold a whole other podcast on this. I think LaShawn McCoy's an NFL Hall of Famer. But, um, you know, that's the type of guys they've produced. Um, they're finally back in the big game they've been trying to get to for a while now. Um, but they, they're playing the toughest team they've played all year, and that being the mighty Aliquippa Quips. And let's pick this game. I got the Quips. I think they win it. I think they win close because every other week throughout the playoff season, maybe not the first couple weeks, I've picked against Aliquippa. I picked Bell Vernon. I picked Jersey Shore the week after. You know what? Every time people doubt them, they go out and win, and they win handily. Uh, I think they are the best team in 4A. They win this game. I agree. Aliquippa leaves 4A on a high note with a state championship, and they'll be in 5A next year. On Friday afternoon, Sarah Catholic versus Southern Columbia. Um, talk about Gavin Garcia and such a great rushing attack that Southern Columbia has. And Sarah Catholic with that great a turnover streak. Um, who do you think comes out on top between those two sides? Um, I think it's going to be the Southern Columbia offense. I, I like Sarah Catholic. I've been a fan of them since I covered them last year against McGuffey. It's just going to be hard for me to pick against Southern Columbia in this game. 
Southern Columbia is probably the biggest guarantee in the entire state that you can pick to win. Um, and I agree with you. I think the Tigers win this game. I hope it's close. I hope Sarah Catholic like, wins. I re- I hope Sarah Catholic wins too. I just hope it's a close game. If it, you talk about that Avonworth game two years ago and how much of a disappointment that was for District Seven uh, to have such a poor showing, uh, seventy-seven to seven, man. Especially it, since it was it was seven nothing Avonworth at one point. Yeah, exactly. let's not forget. Oh, <laughs> I, I'll never forget that I finished a final. We were all watching we it together. To the, I know we were in the fair in the lobby, and it was we get there was seven nothing. Avonworth went right down the field like they did against Wash High in the WPL Championship. Jax Miller all the way down, and, and then it just became the Julian Fleming Gavin Garcia Gage Garcia rather show. And uh, and then did Avonworth throw like three pick sixes on three consecutive drives? Um, I think so. Like it was, yeah. it was so bad. Yeah, that that game, um, I kind of burned that from my memory a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I I don't think the Southern Columbia team is anywhere as good no. as that team no. was, right? And um, and if you guys listen to the Whipple Blitz podcast, which you guys should, because it's a good podcast. Um, you know, Bruce Badgley is a huge fan of the Sarah Catholic Eagles. He's probably expecting a close, competitive game here, uh, but. I, I Southern Columbia is just such a dominant force. It's it's hard to pick against them. So yeah, I got the Tigers as well. On Friday night, Penn Trafford versus Imhotep Charter, and talk about great matchups. Cade Yacomelli, um, Division One commit to Wisconsin, going up against the top player in the state, Eni White, um, uncommitted right now, but he is a 98 overall four star. Penn um, State, please. I, I'm sure you're hoping he does have a hundred percent projection to Texas A&M, but I know. Um, I that, know. that'd be too bad for Penn State. Uh, but yeah, how how excited are you for that matchup? You know, talking about such a dominant running back in District Seven going up against Eni White and a shutdown linebacker like he is. Yeah, you know that's going to be interesting to see. You know, it's going to be battle of power five guys, one that's been under recruited and one that everybody in the country seems to want. Uh, and white so yeah it's going to be interesting to see and um you know i'll be rooting for penn trafford you know this is a team that um has never won a wpl championship until this year now they're in the state finals um a program that's been a great program they've just never been able to get over that mountain until this year um and you know i hope to see them get over the mountain big time this year with a uh, piwa championship so I don't think we have anything to worry about with Cade Giacomelli. Like, he's going to come out and he's going to do his thing. Um, but you're facing two four-star linebackers in Eni White and Keon Wiley. Um, and Carter Green is still in his first season at quarterback for Penn Trafford. Does that worry you? Like, to, to me, it worries me a lot because I don't think Carter Green has shown – uh, he's shown a lot this season, but I don't think he's a top, you know, quarterback talent. Obviously, football no. is probably a second sport anyway. Um, yeah, he's a Seton Hill lacrosse commit. Exactly. Um, you know, are you worried that if they're able to shut down Cade Yacomelli, that that offense is just going to be dormant against um, these two, you know, star-studded guys on the other side? Yeah, you know, someone else is going to have to step up, whether it's Carter Green or whoever. It can't be all just Cade Yacomelli in this one, um, as much as Pentraver probably wishes it could be. Someone's going to have to step up. Um, you know, if, if Pentraver does want to walk away from Hershey with a state title, um, it's going to have to be more than Cade. If there was a spread on this game, I'd encourage you to take the under whatever it was because I think this game is going to be rather low-scoring defensive battle. Uh, but I think Gamotep Charter comes out on top. I got the Panthers winning this game. Uh, but I think it's close. Uh, but, yeah, Imhotep, you know, the way 
the, ever since Imhotep absolutely destroyed Cathedral Prep, um, I think that was a couple weeks ago in the state playoffs, um, they've been my pick to win the, the state in 5A, and I, I'm not changing that. Yeah, I agree. They were my pick to win stakes, but don't quit typing. Everybody has picked against Penn Trafford all season, including you. You picked them to lose to Fox Chapel. Fox freaking Chapel, Nathan. Everybody's picked against Cade Iacomelli and this team. I am not. I am picking Cade Iacomelli and the Penn Trafford Warriors to upset I'm Hogtep and bring home a WPIL, or excuse me, yes, a WPIL and a PIAA championship to Penn Trafford High School. First time in school history. It would be impressive, but I just don't think um, that's going to happen. But we'll see. It'll be a fun game, exciting game. It'll be on TV. I'll be watching the whole thing for sure. And 3A uh, on Saturday afternoon, Central Valley versus Wyo missing the rematch. We saw Central Valley win this game last year. Um, Who do you think takes it uh, this week? Uh, I like Central Valley again. I think they've been the best team all year in 3A. While missing, had a great year, but I think the Central Valley Warriors are just too much. I agree with you. You know, people across the state are saying that, you know, Central Valley has, has downgraded a quarterback this season with Matt Merritt versus versus Amir Dudley last year. Their, their offense is not as dominant as last year, but, man, Sean Fitzsimmons on defense is such a force. Um, that team is stacked. And I think they beat Wyoming um, on Saturday. Saturday night, though, probably the biggest state championship game. And a state championship game that has been a long time coming. It's been since 2018 since we had a state championship game that is probably going to be as close as this one. Uh, That was the year when uh, Pine Richland beat St. Joe's in the state championship. And you know what? This game, I think, will go down in history as one of the best, you know, state championship games, especially at the highest classification. Uh, we got St. Joe's, Mount Lebo. Um, before picking this game, just give me your impression of the matchup overall, who you think has the advantage. D1 stars everywhere. Um, I'm not going to say anyone has the advantage. I think it's an even playing field. It should, like, I agree with you. I think this, um, when it's all said and done, has the chance to be uh, one of the greatest games ever played in the state of Pennsylvania history. Possibly. Um, especially the way that Mount Lebanon's offense has been able to just churn out points. Um, you could l- look at this score and see, you know, a, 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 an absolute shootout between these two teams. Um, who do you think is going to be the most dynamic athlete on the field for either team coming up here? Eli Heidenreich. I yeah. just think he, he can do it on the ground and he can do it through the air. I just think he's... Um, a special talent, and Navy is getting an awesome player in Eli Heidenreich. And speaking of great mashup, matchups, right, Eli Heidenreich at wide receiver going up against Keenan Nelson um, at safety, that's going to be a fun matchup uh, to watch throughout the entire game. I just watch that rather than the rest of the field because <laughs> that's going to be a fun one. Um, let's pick the game, and you know what? You know, I know who you're going to pick. Um, but I, I got St. Joe's. Like, they're such an established brand. They've been destroying everybody ever since they lost um, to LaSalle. You know, they had a couple injuries throughout the year. They got those guys back, and they've just been cooking. Um, until they lose, it's hard to pick against them. So give me St. Joe's. Yeah, I agree. St. Joe's is a very established program. But Mount Lebanon is going to run down their throat on Saturday. It's not even going to be close. I'm kidding. It's going to be close. But... 
Um, yeah, I like Mount Lebanon. I, I just think this is a team possessed. I think especially now, Bob Palco, um, he knows what it's like. He hasn't won a state title in a very long time, I believe since 2003. I, mean, I think that's his only state title. So um, he wants it. He wants it bad. Mount Lebanon, they want it bad. I like the Blue Devils. Give me Mount Lebanon to win 6A. All right, and that just about wraps up our preview slash recaps here going into Hershey. Um, Jeremiah, how excited are you for some of these games uh, to be able to watch on PCN? Yeah, yeah, super excited. Look forward to it. I hope uh, really the biggest team I'm rooting for all week, I really hope Red Bank Valley can bring District 9 their first state championship. What a story. What a story throughout the whole season as well, Um, especially the way they've been grinding out through the playoffs. But uh, thank you guys for listening. We encourage you to listen into Hour 2 where we review the season. Um, If you guys want to support the show, go check out the listener support link in the bio. Um, Definitely go out and check out PAFootballNews.com for all your state championship information. Lots of preview articles coming out. One for every single team um, coming out this week, uh, today into tomorrow. Um, Just recapping and previewing their games at Hershey. Uh, definitely go check out the merch on Teespring. Uh, go check out, um, go check us out at Backyard PA Sports on Instagram, Facebook Backyard Football Podcast at PA Backyard on Twitter, at Nathan Grello on Twitter, at Jeremiah Miller Zero on Twitter. Aside from that, we'll see you guys in the next hour. You've been listening to the Backyard PA Football Podcast with Nathan Grella and Jeremiah Miller. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter or through email. Support us on Patreon, and check out some merch on Teespring. Thank you for listening. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go.